It's like it's like saying you're from Rhode Island. Like nobody fucking gives a shit about Connecticut down here in Tennessee. Okay, Delaware. Okay, big whoop. Welcome to Football and Other F-Words. I'm your host, Mr. Lebowski. I'm joined, as always, by Zach Lyons and Michael Herndon. We are all brought to you by broadwaysportsmedia.com. We have podcasts such as us, Football and Other F-Words, The Flex, Coach's Corner, just to name a few. Uh, we also have a halftime show and a post-game show following each and every Titans game. We really enjoy recording those, and, th- and that's just that's just the audio portion. We have articles. We have plenty of things to check out, broadwaysportsmedia.com. Come and get a premium membership today. Boys, how are we? Doing doing okay. Like, it's a win, but I we'll get into it a little bit later, but there was a lot that came out of this win that's a, a gross overreaction that all of our problems are fixed, blah, blah, blah. I am personally doing good. Got a wedding next, uh, next Friday. Got a right. lot of last-minute stuff happening. So, uh, other than that, let's. I'm ready. What about you, Mike? Um, you know, doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. I uh, am just just happy to see um, a return of some hope for for the defense. Well, I have a little ad read for you, gentlemen. I'm going to see if Mike will look me in the eyes as I do this. Absolutely Football not. and other F words is brought to you proudly by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below the waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision generated, or I'm sorry, not precision generated, precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Guys, look, as much as we hate to admit it, it's holiday season and it's time to shop for packages. But in all that running around, you may be neglecting the most important package of all. Take care of those jingle jangles with the lawnmower 3.0. That's right. Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team has perfected the greatest package fuzz trimmer ever created and just released in in the just released new and improved lawnmower 3.0. Stay on your A-came and tighten up that messy ass A-frame, get 20% off and free shipping with the code BroadwayTN at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code BroadwayTN. Your balls will thank you. No reaction to my A-frame comment. I really thought you I liked it up. I didn't want to like laugh and derail the whole thing. I like the jingle jangle. I thought that was really good. And, you know, I think you could have said something about some giblets. Yeah, you're right. It's getting close to Thanksgiving. Yeah, I left. I left out a comment holiday. about giblets. I, f- I feel like I feel like Zach has an ad read for us next week that's going to reference giblets. Well, now so, it will. I'm going to have to add. Now, it now it will. I just completely <laughs> left that out. Um, I'm disappointed though. Mike wouldn't look at me as I was reading that. Yeah, he was like zoned out. He he was looking at something else the whole time. <laughs> Let's I was get looking at uh, some sweet sweet football stats just oh. to t- take my mind away from it. <laughs> Take your mind away from that A-frame. Yeah, yeah, I didn't want to hear about the A-frame. It's too early in the morning for the A-frame. <laughs> so what's what's worse, having to listen to us or look at us as we read about A-frames or watching that Bears terrible-ass offense? I enjoyed watching the Bears terrible-ass <laughs> offense uh, in this game. I mean, it was uh, it was actually nice to see a frustrated offense on the other side of the field for once. Um, but no, the Bears offense is putrid and reprehensible. And they were starting people like named Rashad Coward and Arlington Hambright uh, on the offensive line. So obviously, like Zach said, I mean, certainly don't take away from this. The the Titans defense is now the best defense in the NFL and unstoppable. Um, But I got to delete that whole segment. 
but but we definitely uh, have to be pleased to see a really really good performance against a really really bad offense. You know, they'd had bad performances against bad offenses before. Good performance against a bad offense is a step in the right direction. So the group nice as a see. whole had a very good defensive performance. For the, I'd say about the first three quarters, they were filled with energy. They were harassing and everything. And like I said, we'll get into it a little bit later on some individual performances that are being swept under the rug. But I, I think that at some point, in at some point, this defense has to play and put together the game that they had at the beginning of the Bears game for a full four quarters against a bad team and keep the foot on the gas. This team needs a foot on the gas game because they can't start relaxing against bad teams because another if they would have played the same exact defense, they were on fire at the beginning of the game, they were on fire for the first three quarters and then started letting up against a better offensive team, even a slightly better offensive team. We probably could have lost that game on Sunday. Like it's it's wild that we just don't have this foot on the throat mentality when it comes down to the game. Like we need to be constantly harassing a bad offensive team to get to this game should not have had those last few touchdowns scored by that bears offense. Let me, let me say this in their defense on the, on the, Oh, I knew it. I knew it. You always, you always got to defend the team. Listen, no, no, no. It's not about defending the team. It's about being honest about what I'm seeing. The, the last drive, two penalties gifted them that last touchdown. I mean, they had the unnecessary roughness hit that came on third and nine. Uh, that gave them a free first down that was absolutely not unnecessary roughness. And then they also had the uh, the roughing the quarterback um, penalty on Jack Crawford that was uh, a few snaps before that one that gave them another easy automatic first down. And I want to say that one was on third down too. So they got gifted a couple big penalties in that drive. Well, that's and- another issue though. That means you can't discount that defensive When they're bad calls, you can. No, when they're bad calls, you absolutely can't call. discount them. You can't discount because we're going. The Titans are going to have bad calls every week. And okay, the that's, calls that's are not going to go your way every week. We've seen it. We've seen it for now two weeks in a row that we've had. That we've seen the Titans have bad calls called against them. The yeah, thing is, you should put one. your don't put yourself in a position where you're going to get the bad calls. The bad it's, calls put them in the situation where they were going to give up points. But it, okay, so it was third and so nine. They did their job the to get trend. to third and nine. We're going to ignore the trend that this defense is getting penalties because they're just bad calls. Penalties are penalties, Mike. You got to look at what's on the field and okay. you got to stop getting penalties. Okay. Well, I, I don't know what else you want Amani Hooker to do besides put his shoulder into the midsection of the receiver to knock the ball loose. I don't know what else you want him to do. Just stand there and let him catch it. The Amani Hooker, Hooker penalty it was garbage. Was completely it's terrible. garbage, completely but garbage. that's sometimes the 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 way the game works. I mean, yeah, I'm just saying that if you're going to rail on them for giving up two late touchdowns, you've got to at least acknowledge that they had a stop made, and then the refs decided, no, 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 here you go, Bears, please go score. And and I will I will agree with Mike on this is that 24-17 Titans win does not tell the whole story. It sounds like it's a much closer game. I mean, the Bears scored all 17 of those points in the fourth quarter. Even if you go and look at Nick Foles' stat line, 36 of 52, 335 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. It sounds like he had kind of a decent game. But if you watch that in person, Nick Foles really established himself as I possibly think the worst starting quarterback in the league. 
Uh, Daniel Jones is still lurking out there. <laughs> Daniel Always Jones lurking. shows up to the facility each week and says, all right, Nick Foles, I'm going to do this. Daniel I got Jones you, shows up hoping that they play somehow the Washington uh, football team 16 games out of the year because that's he is 4-0 and versus Washington football team, 1-16 versus everyone else. All right, can, can we agree in, in this microcosm that the Titans defense finally it actually showed up? Yes. Yeah, that's okay. I mean, you know, like I'm not. I'm. I'm just not impressed. Like I, I, I know that everybody else is just happy, and but there's people out there that think that the Titans' defense, all the problems are solved. Like all of the problems are. They, they, listen, oh, there are some people out there that think that. Okay, you got to go. Got to get in the the Twitter feed. There are people out there that say this is it. This is the Titans are back. That defense looks good. Breon Borders is an All Pro and all this stuff. Like. <laughs> We got to we got to calm it down on the Twitter on social media. Here's the thing: it was a good game, and I liked what I saw for three quarters uh, from the defense. And I thought that there were some feeling. Listen, the Wyatt Ray hype that I've heard on the radio and seen. Let Let's settle down with that. I've seen some. Oh, Wyatt Ray, he really stood out. He has one thing on the stat line, and that's a QB hit. He hasn't. He didn't do much at at all this game he just served a purpose like i, I don't get I why bringing him up either. over with guys like tier tart and Derek roberson and brian Bo- borders who actually did things let's leave wyatt ray off a little bit those, those three I, those other three were legitimately yeah, impressive though that was right. really good performances but it's also against the bears and i know right. that we didn't do this against the, the the titans we didn't get to see this performance from the titans against the Bengals, which is just mind-boggling that because they have a, Joe Burrow and actual NFL receivers. Well, that's probably you know that's a good point. It, it's just to me, we got to we got to temper expectations as we go up against the Indianapolis Colts this weekend, and we see the Titans go up against not a gr- this is an average NFL offense that that we are going to see on Thursday when they play the Titans. The Colts are just mediocre. I mean, they're an average I think, NFL I think average is being nice. Well, they, they're averaging a lot of the stats and, and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I don't, I don't think it's a great offense by any means, and they're, they're with injuries too. The, the, the Colts have injuries, and we'll get into it later. But this Bears game doesn't really... Here's the thing. It doesn't fill me with confidence that this, in, that this is a NFL defense that can carry us in the playoffs. Now it may get us through the regular season. It may get the Titans into the playoffs itself, but this is not a playoff caliber championship caliber defense. And like we said last week, you just need to be good enough. I don't know if this is good enough right now. I, I think it's okay. Okay. Let me, let me start by this. I, uh, I hate moral victories. I, I cannot stand yeah. Especially when people get on the radio or write articles about, yeah, your team lost, but X, right? Or you can at least look at these things as, well, at least the positive thing to come out of this, the moral victory. I'm not a big fan of that, but excuse me, in this, in this instance, and I'll be a hypocrite, I think it's fine for the Titans defense to use this as kind of a, a, a jumpstart, a spark of, we are capable of performing a on third down and be as a cohesive unit that looks like they're communicating with each other on the field. 
and use this as a jumping off point. If anyone, including those within the Titans organization and, and no one within the organization is saying this, I'm just saying hypothetically, if anyone is to come out and say, here it is, this is the game that that righted the ship for the defense, they're back on the Ray game. No, by, by all means, no. I mean, if you go, just go back and watch the quarterback play of Nick Foles, it'll tell you most of the story of how the Bears performed on offense for that game. He was extra crispy bad. And, and you would have been silly not to take advantage of that. I do want to say, though, it was refreshing to see the Titans front get movement against a bad O-line, which we expected to see more of against the Bengals. Joe Burrow is Joe Burrow, but the Titans front got it done against Chicago's bad O-line as they should have. Yeah, it was a lot of addition by subtraction. If, I think you really saw the effect that Jonathan Joseph and the liability that he was on the Tennessee Titans defense as a whole. I think, I think if he hadn't been on the field for the Bengals game, our <clears throat> defensive line and uh, we would have got, the Titans would have seen a lot more pressure on Joe Burrow. And Breon Borders, listen, before everybody gets, in, gets all up in arms about Breon Borders, he played an excellent game. And he, he may have played an excellent game against the Bengals. And he'll probably play a good game against the Colts, to be honest with you. But he made a huge difference over what Jonathan Joseph brought on the field. Yeah, the, the numbers were actually really good for Borders. He was targeted eight times. So they did kind of go after him a little bit, um, but only gave up five catches for 41 yards. That's like five yards per attempt. That, that's really good. And I thought his tackling was really good and run support. I thought he played uh, played with urgency, played with physicality. Um, really liked what I saw from him. He, he's not a guy that you probably want to see every week. Um, obviously, once uh, Adore Jackson gets out there, you're going to want to see Jackson Butler King, which I think there's reason to be really excited about. But Borders at least showed you that if you have to play him for a game, he can give you competent cornerback play, which is exciting as, as a backup type player. I mean, that's that's something that the Titans need. Obviously, the hope of keeping all three of their top corners healthy for the rest of the year is, I mean, that we've we've we haven't seen Butler and Jackson together on the same field in over a year. So, uh, you know, that's hoping wild. that they're going to patch that together uh, for the, the next you know, two months. We'll see. I, you hope, but at least, you know, if, if one of them misses and borders has to play, it's, it's not a complete calamity out there. Yeah. It's not so. like how it has been for the, for the Titans defense. Um, you know, over the last few years, when one of those guys goes down, you have a rough time with whoever is going to fill in on the outside, whether it was Logan Ryan last year, who didn't do a really great job, or even Tremaine Brock on the outside has when an injury happens on the outside, it's a big deal for this Titans defense. And I think that Breon Borders is a good band-aid slash patchwork solution for that outside for that outside position if a cornerback were to go down. So I do want to I want to transition because I know obviously <clears throat> Kevin Byer tweeted something out that I know Zach wants to get into and I'd love to discuss, but I need to take just a moment so that we can have almost a borderline wildly inappropriate appreciation for Jeffrey Simmons. Um, this is the closest that I've wanted to slide into an NFL player's DMs and uh, write things maybe that I shouldn't, but uh, just the sheer freak athletic nature of this man. And he's just, he's starting to turn into that Titans player that on defense, if there's a hand or something that gets on site, he feels like he's always involved. And 
I really wish he had gotten the actual full interception where he did the backwards leap and almost grabbed. Did he tip the pass and then almost intercept it? I think Roverson tipped the pass. <clears throat> if, okay. I think that's Roberson. the one that he's credited with. I've never wanted to see someone on defense get an interception so bad as I wanted him to have that. So, um, Simmons, if you're listening, uh, I don't mean this inappropriate or anything, but my God, son, keep, keep, keep doing all that. Keep, keep doing what you're doing. He is amazing. And I don't even care that he's not getting any kind of national recognition or national love. That will all come in due time, to be honest with you. And right now, you are seeing Jeffrey Simmons just just put on a hell of a year. And, and I know that the numbers aren't in the box score, but he does so much more than just get sacks. And he, it doesn't matter how many people they put on him. He is wrecking people. And he is the reason that our short yardage, when we have a short field, when, the, when we see the Titans have a short field on defense, they just stop the other team. We saw it with, for whatever reason, the Bears, trying to run up the middle on fourth and one. And it's not going to happen against Daquan Jones and Jeffrey Simmons and Jeffrey Simmons outside of maybe the Bengals game where he was a little quiet. He has been putting on a defensive masterclass and this is a guy that's going to be dominant for years as long as he stays healthy and all that kind of stuff. And everybody loves him. I mean, you saw Jarrell Casey who's not on the team anymore quote tweeting Jeffrey Simmons and uh, giving him love and talking and talking all this good praise and stuff. I mean, he, he makes an impact and he's going to be a leader on this team. We I've seen him. I've seen clips of him doing kind of like that Ray Lewis pregame ritual with everybody around him. This is, this is a huge moment for this Titans defense and these players. This is a this is a leader in the making, an elite player in the making. You can't call him elite yet, technically. I will. I don't care. But, I mean, technically, you know, the most people would not put him in the elite category just yet. But I think he – I don't see any reason why he can't be the elite guy. He can't be in the same conversation as other defensive linemen like uh, Aaron Donald and like J.J. Watt was. I mean, T.J. Watt – I mean, this guy is a superstar. Yeah, I, I think he's the best player on the Titans defense comfortably. I think he may um, be already. the best player on the Titans team, to be honest with you. I think it's very close. I think he's in the conversation. I, I think if you want, yeah, if you wanted to make that argument, you certainly could. Like, I, I would not have any issue. I mean, it's, it's Simmons, it's uh, Henry, it's A.J. Brown. Um, I think those are the candidates there. Um, but yeah, I, I think he's a top, I don't know. Where, where do we put him in, in stacked in the NFL as far as defensive tackles? Defensive tackles he's not, top five. Wouldn't you he's think? not Aaron Donald, but yeah, I think top five. I think he's I up think there. I think he could creep you know, in the top three if you, if you get up there. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I think I he's think, up there with those guys. Yeah, I think he's the next tier down from Aaron Donald. And yeah. I think there's several players in that tier. I think so too. I think that's fair. But yeah, what a what a steal, by the way. I mean, nineteenth overall pick, and shout out to everybody in the draft community who had him pegged as potentially the best player in the draft. He was the best player in the draft. Yeah, it's looking that way. He looks to be the best defensive player in that draft. 
and, I mean, and I think it's I, pretty safe to say. And I'm glad you brought that up because with all the, the questions that were coming out about him um, before and where he was drafted, I, I'm, I'm really, really pleased to see him just quietly turn into this beast of a defensive player for my team. And that's what I love to see it's happening for, for our team, for the Tennessee Titans. And I know people want the national recognition. In fact, I heard someone calling in on Monday to the midday 180 talking about it. First off, it shouldn't matter. And, and I agree with PK on this opinion. If you like him and the Tennessee Titans fans recognize that he's good, that's really all that matters. However, he will be in that conversation. He's not, and I know people are so used to the Tennessee Titans being ignored and disrespected, uh, particularly during Jarrell Casey's days. However, Jeffrey Simmons, this is a new world. When Jarrell Casey came in, Twitter wasn't really that big. Internet scouting and all that kind of stuff wasn't that big. Scouts and people who watch the game know who Jeffrey Simmons is. Our offense know that people are recognizing our offense as a top offense. Jeffrey Simmons will be recognized. I, I will say this, and I want listeners to hold me to this, and I want you two to hold me to this. After the whole thing with COVID and the Titans, I, I will never ask for this team to get recognition again i just won't they can yeah. win the super bowl this year and if they want to ignore us and talk about how the cowboys came within the top 60 percent of getting whatever i'll give a fuck i'm not i'm not going to ever ask for national recognition unless the, the titans Titans are on the verge of a 16 and 0 season and nobody's talking about us then i'll be concerned i, I won't even <laughs> care then just give it to me i'll have my own personal parade with blackjack and hookers um so kevin byard tweeted out uh, that true leaders care more about team capitalize all all caps team um success than individual all caps individual so true leaders care more about the team success than individual success six and two is a great win today we back on track baby tighten up real leaders do not really let me there, there are leaders out there that obviously, I mean, like, you know, they're bad leaders that use the team's uh, achievement and accomplishments to cover up their own uh, shortcomings, right? That happens. It, you know, that's just how sometimes leadership works. People view the most vocal person as a leader and such like this, even though they don't do anything, right? We, we've all had that boss that takes credit for everybody else's work. This is that boss. And I... You all know that I love Kevin Byard. Kevin Byard is having a horrible season, and we need to talk about it. And I think that he knows that he's seen a lot of people talk bad about, Ke about him on Twitter lately and on the radio saying that he's not having a good season. He, what's wrong with Kevin Byard? And now he's trying to turn it into it's a team thing and a team victory and all this stuff. Let me say something. The Kevin Byard of 2019 and past would have destroyed that Ryan Nall at whenever he caught the ball. I don't know what has happened to Kevin Byard. Kevin Byard has to fix it, but I hate team wins and trying to pass it off as true leaders. A true leader leads by example. A true leader would have set the tone and would would get his head in the game and start making some plays like he was he's supposed to. He's not he is not the Ke all pro Kevin Byard. I don't want to hear unless he goes on some amazing run at the end of this this year, starting with this Colts game where he is going nuts and crazy. I don't want to hear 
him in the conversation and see fans get mad when uh, people don't recognize him as the best safety in the league. Cause right now he's not even a top 10 safety in the, in the NFL. And he may not even be top 15 if we got down into it. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, Byard's just not playing well. He, he's yeah. not. Um, and certainly like, it's not all about the interceptions that that's not right. what this is about, but it, it is about being in the right spot to make tackles, run fits, making plays like he's just not making plays if you're gonna be a superstar safety you've got to go make plays that's that's what separates the the really good from the great you know so he's not doing that and he's done that before um we know he's got it in him so I don't know if it's the adjustment to some of the defensive changes or or what that's causing him to play a little bit slower it seems this year um but it needs to get corrected if he's gonna get back into that is this going to be a Corey Davis situation where he's going to go on busting with the boys after the season over and he's going to say that he played with turf toe all year or something like that? Seems very I mean, suspect. It, it could be. I mean, in, legitimately, if he is playing with a bad injury or something like that, then that obviously changes the way you look at it a little bit. But yeah. um, we have no reason to believe that he's playing with an injury. Yeah, I, I just I am. I, I hate that I just hate that tweet. I think it's a I think it's a tweet that actually shows the opposite of bad leadership. And I get it, but take some ownership from your for yourself because we've seen them kind of throw out stuff about coordination isn't great and all this other stuff and communication, which technically isn't throwing the coaches under the bus and coming right out and say it, but it can lead one to believe that that's what he's kind of pushing the blame towards to a little bit. But let's be honest here. That Ryan Nall just letting him go into the end zone and not blowing him up, you know, little thing, that was an encapsulation of what we've seen of Kevin Byard all year. It has been that way all year so far. This is not, I'm just, I need to see some lead by example, some passion and fire from Kevin Byard. And he, because really, him and Kenny v, Kenny V's been the better safety of the two. And really, Amani Hooker, when he's been in as, as free safety, has been the better safety. And, I liked what I've seen from Hooker this yeah, year. Yeah, and I'm not, listen, I'm not saying we need to take snaps away from Kevin Byard or anything. Don't get me wrong. It, he's but, saying, that's exactly what he just said. That's, that's exactly I, what I I'm heard saying. Zach. I heard Zach. This is what he always does to me. Zach yeah. says <laughs> Kevin Byard needs to be bent for Amani Hooker. Clip it. Clip it. Let's go. Um, But... Kevin Byard has got to get his head out of his ass and realize that uh, team wins are important and everything, but he's got to start contributing to the team wins and not be the hindrance that's holding this team back. And I, I will agree with you on the, on the quote too, that um, it, it's, if he's, if he wants to show leadership, he's just got to do it right. Don't, right. don't be, don't be very Roger Saffold esque. I don't know if Roger Saffold's managing his uh, Twitter, but it reminds me of Roger Saffold last year. When we know we know Byard's a guy that, for better or worse, does kind of read his own press clippings, right? We we know he sees stuff because um, he mentions it and he references it frequently, and, and maybe he's a guy that he uses that to you know criticism to internalize and and turn it into motivation, whatever. If that's his thing. So be it. I like I have no problem with a guy reading stuff about himself or, or reading what people are saying to just be aware of it. Uh, but you, you've got to make the corrections and you gotta you gotta start making plays. That's that's the bottom line. It's a the NFL's a results business and you gotta have better results. 
and I know it's going to be an unpopular opinion and people are going to trash me for it, but I, I am a very much a results driven kind of person. Show me what you got. And, and I do not like the people fawning over his, uh, in the replies, the fans going, Oh, you're so right. You're such a great leader, Kevin. No, no, he's not. I mean, I'm sure he is. Now, don't get me wrong. We, I, I we, we know that leader. he is, but that is the, not an example that we should be as fans and as analysts saying that he's, that's not the example to use as a great leader. Cause to me, he's just trying to sweep under his own, uh, you know, shortcomings under the rug. And I'm just, I'm not for it. I'm just not for it. I, I want to see old Kevin Byard. I don't, I don't like new Kevin Byard. 2020 Kevin Byard. It's it just a string of bad things that have happened in 2020. This is one of them. Just add it to the list. And it could be just to play devil's advocate. Yeah. Completely. This could be a thing where some people post to social media. I catch myself doing this as just vocalizing shit and who cares if anyone likes it or not. Right now in your, in your defense, exactly what you're saying. I mean, I, I, I do see and believe that Bayard is the type of person that does obviously read criticism about him. So yeah, this tweet does kind of stink a little bit of putting it out there and possibly looking for fans to, to, like you said, coo and coddle and say, Oh no, no, no it's not, not like that. Not like that. But it could possibly just be him putting out there as his own self-motivation of I'm kind of playing like shit, but we all got it done as a unit. So you could take it as either he's claiming credit for the unit success when he is not really contributing, or it could be him putting out there that I'm not contributing, but the rest of the unit got it done. And son of a bitch, I need to fix that portion of my game. And, and let's say this, Fans and analysts have to hold this team to a higher standard than what they've done in the past. And, and that's my thing. I, this is an 11-5 team or better, right? When you look at it, and we are very close to achieving past 9-7. and seven. We cannot be okay with 9-7. and seven. We, we all have to be hoping for the Tennessee Titans to be better than that. And, and part of that is holding even the best players accountable. And... I think this is just one of those instances where I, I, I know that Kevin Byard's not going to listen to this, and I don't know, maybe someone will give it to him, and maybe this he'll use it as bulletin board material. I want Kevin Byard to be better. I don't want Kevin Byard to be this Kevin Byard that we've seen so far this year. So I want to hold him accountable and just say that I just think he needs to be better, and if, if he can do that on the field, then let's do it. But don't go out on Twitter and try to take credit for a team win. Do you still consider him the mayor of Murfreesboro? Yeah, I just don't know any other candidates that would be good for Murfreesboro. I, th- I think he's more like the comptroller right now. I don't even you know what a comptroller so? does. <laughs> Who no would idea. be the mayor of Murfreesboro then? Who lives in Murfreesboro that we know? I mean, I lived there at one point, but I don't want any duties. I don't need golden keys. I shouldn't be, I, I can't be responsible with big scissors to cut things. So I'm certainly not the mayor. I don't live there anymore. I don't even know what a comptroller does. So that's what we're going to say that Kevin Byard is right now. You're the comptroller until you regain your mayorship. Back. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I really like that you decided to segue with Titans fans need to, you know, remember the past and hold players accountable in this kind of, because they can't hold each other accountable on Twitter. And boy, do they go looking for some slights. <laughs> they they um, do. I mean, I, I've just seen, it's just every week it's something different with 
this Twitter fan base finding something. An MLB network guy, Robert Flores, decided that he, he got asked a question because he, he asked, you know, send me some questions. He got asked a question about jerseys, and he said, I don't think uh, grown men should wear jerseys of people younger than them. Okay, he was essentially saying don't wear jerseys, right? Because, I mean, if you're 28, you're older than half the people, more than half the people in the league, it feels like. I mean, everybody's young. He was specifically asked the question, what is your take on adults wearing jerseys? And he responded, I'm glad you asked. Don't wear a jersey of a player younger than you unless they are a relative. That's the exact quote. So let's start there. Zach has already kind of previewed his take a little bit. Mike. Is it fair or foul for for fans to wear jerseys? Is there an age limit? Are there restrictions? How does this work? Like, where would you want to wear? Honestly, I I could give a shit what anyone else is wearing. I think I don't personally wear jerseys very frequently. Um, I have in the past. I've got a few in the closet. I just don't wear them very often. Because for one, they're not very comfortable. The the giant stitched on letters, like they they're always like if you sit down, they're constantly folding up and like pushing up into your chin. It's just it's just a weird feeling. Um, and I I'm a big big quarter zip guy. Like quarter zips, half half zips. That's that's my that's my wheelhouse. That's where I live during the fall. I just want to put on a nice quarter zip and go enjoy a game. I that's it's, the jersey thing. It's not really my deal. Um, but I'm not going to judge anyone else for doing it. If that's what you like to wear by all means. And, and I mean, it is kind of cool, honestly, like if I'm going to a game, if I'm going to a tights game, I find it fun and interesting to look at the different jerseys that people have. Like well, there's some interesting ones. I'll never forget seeing a Brian Brom green Bay Packers Jersey when the Titans <laughs> weren't even playing the green Bay Packers. Yeah. I mean, like I used to see a, uh, there was a, a lady that wore a Ben troop Jersey uh, and this was like two years ago that was like in, in the seats near where I was sitting at the time. And uh, every, every game she would show up in her Ben Troop jersey. And I'm like, what a, what a weird jersey to just constantly be wearing uh, that you must have been wearing for, for the it last be Ben Troop's now. mom, don't you think? Or a sister it, or something? It, it really possibly could be a, a Ben Troop relative. So shout out to uh, Ben Troop's relatives if they uh, listen to the pod. But uh it, I think it's fun. I kind of enjoy what, like seeing what jerseys people wear. You know, there's there's always some like obscure one or, or just seeing like which players are the most popular right now. Is it a ton of AJ Brown jerseys or we need to see some more Simmons jerseys out in the wild? Uh, you know, it's I, I, I'm for jerseys if you want to wear them. I don't personally want to. Yeah, I kind of fall on the same thing. I don't I have a jer- I do have a Derrick Henry jersey and I like to wear it over a hoodie in the winter. But that's about it. Don't wear it anytime else. I wear it as a layer. And because c- you're right, they're uncomfortable. The, excuse me. The numbers do go up into your chin when you sit down. I mean, it's just not a, a great thing. Like Lance Smith said on Twitter, your body, your choice. Like, if that's what you are into, that's what you're into. But why are you so concerned with what Robert Flores of the MLB Network has to say? Like. He's not coming. He's not the Jersey Gestapo. He's not coming down and to take your jerseys away. You can wear them. It does not matter what Robert Flores, who, by the way, is a grown man who who does what a lot of grown men tend to do to make extra money on the side and record himself playing video games. Like, 
he is not the be, be all end all. He is not the president of what you put on your body. He cannot come down and steal your jerseys. You should not be butthurt by what a guy says on Twitter that has no clue that you fucking exist. He does not know who you are. He doesn't care who you are. It's his fucking opinion. I well, think Brave, listen, I think Braveheart is a shitty movie. Rudy is a shitty movie. It was all sides. And, and I think they're both just bad movies. And I understand that all men are supposed to love these movies. But guess what? I'm not going to watch them just because you told me that your opinion is this is a good movie and, oh, I should change my mind. It's like people think that because Robert Flores says, Robert Flores, by the way, who I think lives in Connecticut or somewhere that doesn't even exist in Tennessee. Like Connecticut, Connecticut doesn't even does exist. not exist. Like, it does not exist. <laughs> I love it's it. like, it's like saying you're from Rhode Island. Like nobody fucking gives a shit about Connecticut <laughs> down here in Tennessee. Okay. Delaware. Okay. Big whoop. Anyway. Just taking it, out the whole like, Northeast. It's like people think that, well, if Robert Flores says I shouldn't wear jerseys, Oh man, I'm gonna look really stupid because I'm gonna go to a game and someone is gonna be there thinking, I can't believe that guy's wearing a jersey after Robert Flores told him not to. What a loser. Listen, when you go to a game in a jersey, there are thousands of people who think you look fucking ridiculous. But that's their opinion. I don't think you look ridiculous and you're unless you're wearing a jersey that has nothing to do with the game being played. But I mean, there are going to be people, there are people secretly talking about you. I hate to say it, but you're wearing a jersey. People are secretly talking about you. And once you walk by their tailgate saying, oh, do you see that guy in a jersey? Who wears a jersey? People have opinions. Nobody's telling you you can't wear one. Just fucking wear it if you want to. And don't worry about what some dude over in Connecticut thinks about your fucking jersey. And while we're at it, fuck Maryland. Yeah. It's Zach's defense. (laughs) Zach's defense of do what you want, do what makes you happy. He proceeds to throw 40% of the Northeast in a wood chipper. Because <laughs> so, it makes me happy look, to throw shade. Here's, here's how I feel about it. A, I, if, if I had to blind and throw a dart at the map, Connecticut, I'd miss it every time. B, I cannot draw Maryland by, by memory. But uh, if here's how I personally feel. And here's how I feel about his tweet. A, how I feel about his tweet. He's definitely coming out and say, don't wear a Jersey of a player younger than you. That's not your choice to make. And someone immediately threw shade at him and said, well, I mean, this is coming from a grown man who records himself playing video games online. And the video game player in me thought, well, that's a little out of, out of whack. And then no, that's, that's fair. You can't throw an fair age game. limit. You can't throw an age limit on jerseys. If you're a grown man recording yourself playing video games online. That's very fair. That being said, I personally don't wear jerseys because it is strange to me to put on an an item of clothing that has another man's name written on it. Call call me what you will for that. I, I personally have a problem with that. The age thing has nothing to do with it. It just all of a sudden I hit some sort of firewall in my early 30s to where I just I couldn't I, I just can't wear another person's name on my body for a sports team. But to Mike and you all's point, I think it's pretty cool, and I think it would be pretty cool as a player to start seeing your jersey spread throughout a fan base. To start seeing, and I do like to see the weird jerseys, exactly like what Mike is saying. I give Mike hell all the time about having a Yancey Thigpen jersey, but it's a Yancey Thigpen jersey. How many of those did you actually get to see? So. 
I'm I'm fine with it. Do whatever the fuck you want. If you just if you want to wear basic fan gear to the game, do it. If you don't want to wear fan gear at all, do it. The one thing I'll ask you not to do is stop being the guy who wears a Cleveland Browns jersey to games in which the Browns are not involved. Stop being that guy who wears a New York Rangers jersey to a Predators Islanders game. Don't do that. Like just pick an appropriate piece of fan material and wear it. But if you want to wear a jersey, who cares how old they are? Now, here's where this does stop. In college, I think it's a little weird. If you're a grown man and if you're wearing the name or the number of a kid who just came out of high school, it's a little creepy to me. Well, and then college teams have such great paraphernalia to wear other than jerseys, right? I mean, they have the nice hoodies, the polos, you know, all this stuff. It's not really necessary to have to wear a jersey at that. And, I, and I'm not saying it's necessary to wear a jersey at any point. But I, I, here, here's how I feel about it some more. And, you know, before we get any further, fuck Vermont. We forgot Vermont. Fuck that state. Vermont, Vermont's pretty useless. But, like, I wear shit that probably other people are like, why is he wearing that when I'm out in public? I have a Memphis as fuck shirt. And I wear it out in public and it says fuck. It does not, it does not blur it, blur it out at all. It blatantly says fuck. And I'm sure people think that's very inappropriate for me to wear because well, I don't fucking give a shit. Because it doesn't matter. Fuck Massachusetts while we're at it. Yeah, I I, I will uh, echo Lebowski on the jerseys or gear of other teams at, at games. I don't give a shit what team you're a fan of just wear neutral clothing if you're going to go to a game and you're like a big like i I don't care if you want to go to a a titans Bengals game and wear or like in your cowboys fan like by all means go enjoy a a football game in your city or whatever but either pick a side of the two teams that are playing and represent them or wear just neutral regular clothes like there's nothing saying you have to to put on your gear to go to a game it just makes no sense when i see you in the stadium it's it's pure silliness. It's like, well, I paid a lot of money for this jersey. I'm just going to wear it to a football event. That doesn't make any sense. That's, it's completely idiotic. I'll tell the story, then we'll move on to the Colts game discussion. Uh, Mike and I, in 2008, decided to go to uh, Munich, Germany for Oktoberfest because that's what you do when you're young and stupid. And so we unfortunately took a gentleman with us who decided to wear a Redskins jersey to Oktoberfest got the stupidest looks i was embarrassed to be around the guy a redskins jersey with a dodgers hat because that makes all the sense in the world yeah i could record an entire podcast about this douche canoe but i just i felt so stupid standing next to this man we're at this foreign beer drinking celebration and this man is wearing an american nfl jersey and it wasn't a game day i just you know i actually that brings up a great point i gotta throw this out there Wearing jerseys when it's not a game day to me is completely out. Yeah, That's weird. 100%. If you get up in your if you get up in your clothing choice for the day is a jersey on a Wednesday, it's I don't know. That's really weird to me. Let, let yeah, me say it's, this: it's draft or game day. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah. Wear what you want at at to the game. It doesn't matter, and and it doesn't matter. Fuck Maine, by the way. <laughs> uh, Colts Titans. I mean, we, we have a game in two days, so let's get into this. Colts v. Titans, Thursday night football. I'm, I'm looking forward to this one because we're getting back into some AFC South matchups. I'm ready to see the Titans put some distance in between them and the rest of the AFC South. That starts Thursday, and they got to start with the Colts. And the Colts are coming in 
with a pretty nasty ass defense all of a sudden. I, I have not been paying as much attention to the Colts as I needed to. Um, but I, I started kind of reading up on them a little bit more last night and was talking with Zach before the podcast. But I mean, suddenly and kind of quietly, the Titans or Titans, the Colts defense, um, they've been kind of showing up. Uh, Zach, do you have some stats that you can throw yeah, at me to back? They're up? essentially a top three defense and depending on your metric, they may be the number one defense because they're allowing the least amount of offensive yards. They're, um, they are number one in a uh, third, a uh, uh, third down defense. They are uh, ranked number three and number four, respectively in pass yards and pass touchdowns. They have the most interceptions in the league. And they are ranked number three and seventh against rushing uh, in the rushing defense. So, I mean, they're essentially a top five unit almost all across the board in whatever metric you may want to look at. This is a problem because our we didn't even get into it. But for the last two weeks, our offense has looked out of whack. And it has not looked great. A.J. Brown has carried this team, I feel like, the last two weeks or this last week and then Corey Davis the week before. But it has not looked good. And I'm a little concerned about that matchup. I'm not as concerned as our offense or the Titans defense versus their offense, but I am very concerned about this Titans offense versus this Colts D. I hope this is a get right game, but this is not a Colts defense to just sweep under the road. This ain't, this ain't Peyton Manning's Colts defense, right? I mean, this is the best defense they've ever had. And it, and I'll eat my words. I thought it was all just because of a, a weak schedule, and some of it may be, but this is a really good defense that is healthy, right? I mean, it's just, it's a very, very good defense, and it's something that the Titans need to somehow overcome, and I, for the first time all season, I am not that confident in our offense going in this matchup. Yeah, it's it's a really good defense. They're very good at all levels. So, I mean, you got DeForest Buckner, of course, um, who's kind of the biggest name in that Colts front. But you've also got uh, Justin Houston, who continues to play at a really good, really high level. Uh, Danico Autry has been awesome for them. Um, he has five sacks this year already. Um, you've got uh, the second level. Darius Leonard's the best linebacker in the NFL. I, I don't care what anyone else says. Leonard is the best linebacker in the NFL. He's excellent in coverage. He's excellent rushing the passer. He's excellent in run support. He's long as hell. He's he's the kind of guy that I think could give Derrick Henry some trouble because one of Derrick Henry's, I guess, superpowers, you could say, is his length. That, that stiff arm is able to keep people off of his body. Well, Darius Leonard also has incredible length. He's got over 34-inch arms. He's going to be able to – kind of combat that stiff arm a little bit better than most linebackers can now. The, well, he the couldn't Titans, in college, just saying. Well, yeah, and, and, and the Titans also ran all over uh, the Colts last year uh, in their second matchup. So there, there is some reason for optimism on that front there. But Leonard is awesome. Uh, Okariki is really good, too. He's kind of pushed his way into the starting lineup for the, the Colts at linebacker. And then at the second level, the guy that I want to talk about there is Julian Blackman. They're, they're rookie safety. So Malik Hooker got hurt. He's been basically out for most of the season. I think he's, I think he's done for the year. Um, him, he went down. Julian Blackman came in, and Julian Blackman has played better than Malik Hooker. Uh, Malik Hooker was a you know, 
top 10 pick, I believe, for them a few years back. It really hasn't kind of quite lived up to the billing, has been hurt all the time. Uh, Julian Blackman's the real deal. I, I've watched enough of him to know, like, this guy is a playmaker. He is playing, like, uh, you, you. we talked about Kevin Byard, you know, probably not being maybe a 10, top 10 safety right now. Uh, Julian Blackman is a top 10 safety right now. Um, he's playing out of his mind good. Uh, even Xavier Rhodes has, has stepped up and played really well this year, which I really did not expect to see happen. So, uh, and Kenny Moore is one of the best slot corners uh, in the NFL and, and maybe the best slot corner in the NFL. So I think there's not, they may not have the names that a lot of people recognize. Like there's no Bosa's or Watts or, you know, any, any like, premier names I guess besides maybe Leonard and, and Buckner that people really know but this Colts defense is legit it's really good um, and the Titans offense will have their work cut out for them and they do need a bounce back game the last uh, three games really they've not been as crisp and you can point to Taylor Lewan going out um, I think is part of that uh, but there's also some stuff. I mean, drop passes aren't Taylor Lewan's fault, and they've had a few of those in the last few weeks. So they need to clean some things up. Um, but I, I think it's it's not a good game for them to do it. And, and frankly, the Ravens the next week isn't going to be a great game for them to do it either. And then they've got the Colts again after that. So next three games are big. The Titans offense needs to show that they can come out and move the ball, put up big points and big numbers against good defenses. We've seen them do it before. I don't think, you know, it's it's not time to pa- press the panic button on the Titans offense, but uh, they need to they need a settle down uh, kind of game. And, and this would be a good one for that to happen. Yeah, I you, you said you took the words out of my mouth is that this is kind of a bad game for the Titans offense to try to have to get it together and perform, you know, based on what we just rattled off about the Colts D. Uh, but at the same time, the Titans offense needs to do it because they are trending in the wrong direction. I will say, though, that the, the thing that does give me a little bit of hope is that this is not Titans offense of yesteryear where you're hoping they could just put some sort of almost miracle offense together to not be this just middling, low-scoring, janky-ass offense out on the field going up against a vaunted defense. So if any Titans offense of past, for the most part, could get it done, I feel like this offense does have the tools to do it. But I'm, I say this with trepidation, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of hoping for a Titans win. This is going to be a tough matchup. Um team needs to they need to be able to step up on offense and get it done well and you know it's a short it's short week the ravens really the the ravens and the colts really battled it out on sunday and you know like we said earlier the tennessee titans and you know had a pretty good game against chicago bears where it wasn't as probably as physical as the Ravens Colts game was. So that is a benefit to us. I feel like, and they suffered a lot of injuries. I believe T Y Hilton is not going to play for this game. Jack Doyle's not going to be in for this game. They have other wide receivers. Uh, Hilton, not gonna Hilton be available. might play. Uh, Paris Campbell play. is definitely out. Yeah. But even Hilton if he does play quote unquote, according yeah. to the estimated injury report. on. But even side. if T Y Hilton does play, there is no speed to his game. This is a very not average offense. They're like ranked 15th in almost every category or hovering around. So it's a very average offense. 
They were 22nd in DVOA heading into the Ravens yeah. game. They're probably going to be lower coming out of it after only scoring 10 points. Phillip Rivers does not look like Phillip Rivers. I believe they only have 10 touchdowns, 10 passing touchdowns on the year, which is which is insane to me. The But like we were talking about, I think the Tennessee Titans defense has a really good matchup with a hobbled T.Y. Hilton. This run game is sort of good. And there's really no other wide receivers or pass catchers that you really have to be too concerned about. So having Breon Borders as a starter, so they need to activate a Dory Jackson by Wednesday, or he has to go back on IR. From all from everything I've read and seen, that's that's the rule. Even though I can't find that definitive rule since the new CBA amendment happened, but I'm just assuming that since there is no change, that's the same as before. So in saying that, they have to activate him. So even if he is activated but isn't on the 53 or on the game day roster, isn't active for the game day roster. As long as he's there, that's all that matters. But he's not probably, I'd be very hard pressed to think that a is going to play this week. And I think with Breon Borders, I think we can get by with Breon Borders as an outside corner versus his Colts team and Malcolm Butler. And we can probably do a lot more because Malcolm Butler really doesn't have to shadow anybody because there isn't anybody scary, right? Do you all know who the number one pass defense is in terms of pass uh, passes defended? No, Titans. The Tennessee Titans. They have 52. Second place is the New York Giants, oddly enough, at 47. And then the Colts are three at 45. So this is going to be a very defensive heavy game. I'm actually thinking about taking the under when I, or I have to look at it. I don't know what the under is offhand, but I'm thinking about taking the under because I think it's I don't think it's going to be a very high scoring game. Our defense and Kevin Byard is going to have to have a game where they fire on all cylinders and shut this team down because it's going to be, it's going to be a slugfest. So I'll ask this two part question. I'll start with you, Zach. A, does it bother you that Phillip Rivers is seven and two overall against the Titans? Of course, all of that comes with the chargers and B the, one of the worst questions, but I'm going to ask it anyway, is this a must win game for the Titans? I definitely think there is cause for concern that there's a bugaboo about Phillip Rivers and this versus this franchise. Uh, but am I worried about this particular Phillip Rivers on this particular offense going up against Tennessee Titans? No, I, I'm not. Uh, and then the next, the other question is, is this a must-win game? It's at home, so it's going to be a lot harder to beat the Colts on your second matchup in Indianapolis coming off of a game against the Ravens than it is this one. Now you may have a Dory back and some other people pieces back. And so that may be different, but I, is it a win that's going to define the season? No, but is it a must win in my eyes for this Tennessee Titans team to overcome the Colts, this block mental block that they've had against the Colts? Yes. I like, I, 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 I need the win. Like, I personally need the win. I think the Titans need the win to gain some confidence and build upon the Bears' win as they head into the Ravens game. Because if you can manhandle or beat decisively this Colts defense through offense, then I think that builds confidence going up against the Ravens who have a similar high, highly regarded defense and a subpar offense. Yeah, I think um, it. They need they need to take care of business in this one. I, I feel like this is, you don't want to lose this one 
give the Colts the the chance to get back in. Because if you win this game, obviously you're up two. You're up two and you hold the tiebreaker. So you're really up kind of two and a half uh, in the division. Uh, and with the Colts, the Colts have Green Bay uh, in week 11. The Titans have the Ravens. So those are, those are tough matchups for both teams. You could see those going either way. But there's a scenario here where the Titans win, the Titans sweep the Colts and beat the Ravens, and then the Colts drop the, the middle game to the Packers. There is a, a realistic scenario where all of a sudden it's a four-game lead and the Titans have the tiebreaker, and this race is basically done by the end of November. Uh, it, there's also the reverse alternative where the Colts sweep the Titans, you know, Titans lose the Ravens, Colts beat the Packers, and all of a sudden the Colts are dominating the division by the end of the uh, November. So the next three games are absolutely pivotal and with the advantage of playing on a short week at home for the Titans without having to travel last week. So they were, they were home for the bears. They've barely traveled for the last two months. This is a game where this is going to be the easier of the two games to win. It's going to be this one Thursday night at home. The Colts have to travel on a short week. Titans don't. That's a big deal. Um, so I think this is the easier of the two Colts matchups to win. And that makes this almost a must win game. It's not quite because they could always go back to Indy and and beat them like they did late last year. But this is, this is a very, very important game. This is the biggest game of the season. Yeah. I agree. And that's, I, I hate using the phrase must win, but I, I, I think it's important for the Titans to get a win at home if you ultimately end up splitting the series, um, it's going to put you in a much more comfortable position than having to go into Indy and win, which this Titans team has you know, shown in the past. That's not a favorable place to go play with or without fans. They just do not play well in that rat hole ass city. I'm sorry. Did that last part just come out of my mouth? What something did Indianapolis move to the Northeast? Yeah. I was about to say it's basically (laughs) Delaware. It's, it's Delaware in the middle of nowhere. Like who just came across this place and said, you know what? This river kind of sucks. We're going to build a city right here though. I'm done moving West. It's right here, babe. We're <laughs> going to, we're going to call it Indianapolis. Whatever. I'm sorry. It's not like that place. I think their stadium sucks. I think their banners suck. It's just a very lazy name too. Like you couldn't think of anything besides your state's name to add Apolis to the end to. <laughs> to add Apolis. What are we going to call it? India Annapolis. Just put the flag in the ground. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done walking. What, done walking. Whatever. Done walking. Let's move on. <laughs> Let's talk about Oregon Trail with a bunch of bullets and wheels, and we're out of food. So we're we're stopping right here. Um <laughs> this thing is Ox coming died. apart. This podcast is coming apart like an Oregon Trail wagon. Um that's gonna do it for us. We are really looking forward to this game. Zach, you are going to the game, aren't you? I'm going to try and I'm, I'm thinking about it. I got some stuff I got to settle by Thursday, try to get there. Totally understand. I was offered tickets. I don't know if I'm going to go yet or not. Um, Mike, are you going to the game? Not planning on it right now, but we'll see. Well, that is going to do it for us. Football and other F-words. We always enjoy talking to you all and possibly offending others, but that's what we are here to do. Again, check us out at broadwaysworksmedia.com. Grab yourself a premium membership today. For Mike Herndon, Zach Lyons, and myself, Michael Gillum, we are out. Broadway Sports Media Production.